0: Welcome to the Breezy Brides podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host Deanna and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. All right so if you wanted to just go I mean obviously I've gotten to know you a little bit but for the audience, just kind of introduce yourself and, um, you know, what you do, who you are, where you're located, if that matters, you know, your location at all, but.
1: Okay. So my name is Rachel Kaufman. I own Hidden Gem Travel. So we are a full service travel agency, but me in particular, I focus on destination weddings, romance travel. That is my jam. Um, I've been in the industry for about five years and coming up five years real quick. I've been in the wedding industry since I was about 19 off and on. Like most of my, I knew when I was 19, I wanted to work in weddings, like something. And it was just right in the struggle bus to get here kind of the thing. So I know a lot about weddings. And when I decided to start working in travel, I was like, I'm going to learn how to do destination weddings. Um, So that's kind of what I do. I'm a full service planner. So I'm not just trying to push the resort wedding coordinator onto brides. It's, I try to do more custom weddings. I have a lot of couples this year who will do like an all-inclusive resort for their room block, but they want to have like a private villa for their wedding. And they want DJ, personal chef, photographers. They don't want the resort managing it because they don't want to deal with the cookie cutter packages and they want something more. So that's a huge change that I had been seeing even before the pandemic, before destination weddings got really popular. So I structured my services and business model after that. So I'm more about kind of a hybrid. We'll get into it later. Um, I am based in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, near Lake of the Ozarks. So, I ended up here because of my experience with wedding and event planning. I got hired on to be a butler for a billionaire. And part of that job was traveling around the country and helping execute events for his other butlers at their properties, as well as being like a full concierge for him and all of his friends when they came down to their vacation spot. So I had to do literally everything like cook, menu planning, clean, hire staff to help serve and kind of do like daily housekeeping any, like, if they need transportation, if their party was too big for our vehicles on the property, I had to arrange private transportation to pick them up from the airport. Um, anything that they wanted to do, any places they wanted to dine, I had to create like a whole entire guide of the restaurants at Lake of the Ozarks that so you could get to by boat and have dress codes, age group, menu, popular menu items, like everything, 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 so that he could get on the boat and tell the boat driver, I want to go here because <laughs> he wow. would have that information. So I try, I, when I started working in travel, I was like, I'm going to treat every couple or every one I work with on the same level. Like he doesn't, he's not special. I mean, he's a an amazing person. He's accomplished a lot of things, but he's no different from you or I. And why are we denied that level of service? So that really helped me kind of define what we do with our travel agency. We aren't just Five ninety nine 99 Cancun
0: vacation yeah.
1: type people so
0: it's kind of what we do <laughs> um okay so I have to ask now if you've seen the show Ozarks and if you have is it accurate <laughs> um it is sadly pretty
1: accurate I wow. watched a few episodes <clears throat> they don't even film it in Missouri oh the opening scenes they did like the over the like when they're flying over the lake and stuff they did do that but missouri has really strange legislation with filming oh so they won't have It's actually filmed in like south carolina or something like that which is really similar wow area in terms of like geography but yeah it's it's very much like that there's a huge dichotomy of like super wealthy and then riding the struggle bus financially like there's no real in between there
0: wow so
1: it's they're trying really hard to bring more housing for the workforce to be out there because everyone who works at all the places you go to they live 45 minutes to an hour away yeah and it's not like interstate travel it's like winding hilly Hmm. roads and so but yeah it's kind of like that show
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just had to ask as soon as you said it, I was like, you know, I barely had even heard of that area before that show. And so now it's, yeah, I think there's like a new season coming out soon or something too. We were watching it for a while, but, um, so I guess one of the biggest things I think people would be interested in is what exactly you do for couples, um, destination wedding couples. And you had said, you know, you have a travel agency, but, Do you classify yourself more as a destination wedding planner? Um, Because I think a lot of the times when brides are planning their wedding, they're even just debating, should I even get a travel agent or not? And then it sounds like what you do is kind of even a a step beyond that, um, which people, I feel like a lot of people don't even really know exists. So kind of just kind of touch on that if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so I feel like I am one of very few who actually does what I do um, to the point where I will be, I'm launching a class for travel agents to learn how to do this well. I am not a wedding planner that just happens to travel. Um, I'm kind of a hybrid though. So I can help out with different connections. Like I said, if it's not on the resort, I can help arrange that. I have a preferred vendors list. I think it's at like 50 or 60 different vendors in the United States who I have like vouched for and have done the research, seen their work, tasted their food, whatever. And I'm like, okay, are you willing to travel? And they say, yes. So I have all of Mm -hmm. that access. So even if you don't necessarily want to work with anyone in destination, I've got pretty much everything for a wedding that you would need that is willing to go anywhere in the world. So, and it works out if you like, I have a photographer, she did a wedding in Revere Maya and the package, if you went through the resort was very cookie cutter, like limited on images, no editing, no real aesthetic applied to it. Her and her husband, their ph- photography and videography team, <clears throat> they were there the entire week filming everything, taking pictures of everything. And it was still... Three or four thousand dollars less than just doing the day of packages that the wow. resort had to offer. So it is a huge incentive and a money saver if you need to work with a budget. You might consider working. It sounds like a lot up front because you're like, oh, I'm working with someone in the U.S., but mm-hmm. typically they're happy as long as you pay for their travel and then whatever additional services you want. So, like full service photographers will say, you know, pay for two nights travel. And airfare and things like that. They'll be staying at the resorts. You don't have to worry about meals, but then they will have, you know, full canvases, custom albums, all that, all those sorts of things that you could choose from to create your own package instead of just getting a thumb drive. So that's, those are the kinds of people that I work with so that you can have a real nice wedding without spending seventy, hundred thousand dollars in the United States. Yeah well, that's the price I'm hearing from a lot of couples. They're like, as long as you can keep it under (laughs) 70,000, I'm like, uh, yeah, you can do that.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of couples get thrown off too, because, um, they think that when they see those wedding package prices, that's going to be what they pay. And then they Mm -hmm. come to find out it's so much more than that because, package is either limited or, you know, of course they have to incorporate their travel costs and the, you know, staying at the resort and everything like that. And it starts adding up. And then that's when they start thinking, well, why don't we just hire an outside photographer? Why don't we just, you know, bring someone in for this or that? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not really even that much more expensive than what they would have paid if they had to add on those charges through the resort anyway. Right. And it's, that's part
1: of, Uh, I've heard, I guess, travel agents don't do this a lot because they're telling me they don't do this, but that's part of what I do. The first thing I do before I do any travel is I go through the entire resorts catalog and I price out everything Mm. based on what the couple wants to give them a more realistic estimated cost rather than being like, Oh, this package is only 3,500 or 3,800. And it'll hit your guests, go on to the wedding department. Like I work with the wedding departments to make sure they've got the flowers they want. And if they don't, then we rehash and consider either another resort because I do three of these quotes, I either recommend a different property, or we talk about maybe bringing their own vendors on and then what the costs are and the implications are for that, because resorts like to charge them if they don't follow certain rules, like if they don't travel as a guest then they're gonna charge the bride and groom a thousand dollars for bringing a photographer that they wanted to use or even an efficient it's uh, well efficients are pretty actually scratch that sorry efficients will let anybody do anything <laughs> it could be anybody <laughs> yeah. doing anybody. I don't know why that came out of my mouth <laughs> it's it's um really interesting to see how it's changing and yeah how it's how complicated it can be for couples and overwhelming. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'll do the hybrid stuff. I'll make sure I know the properties. I know how the weddings work and I know how to bring in other stuff if needed. So that's kind of what I do.
0: Yeah. So I guess leading into that, talk us through what it's like to book through you. So if a bride come or a couple, you know, typically it's the bride, but when they first approach you, just asking for either a consultation or Um, a meeting with you, what do you guys talk about at that first meeting? So it depends. We talk about at the very first consultation,
1: we talk about things like their budget, if they have a preferred date, if they want like a repeating numbers date, like 11, 11, 22, something that's popular. So we can start saying, Hey, you need to start planning now, or, Oh, you're fine. You've got time. And then we talk about what their budget for the ceremony reception is. We don't include any of the travel we're talking just their wedding weekend. How much are they anticipating on spending and what are the most important factors for their wedding? I've had some who want to go all out with flowers and decor and they are like, we are fine with a buffet dinner. We don't really care about anything else. That's what we want. I've had others that, um, they want really, really good food or they don't even want a reception. They want a bonfire beach party. And so it's like, okay, that's going to have to be something offsite. Probably. And we talk with certain that particular couple, actually, that brought it up about a week ago, they're in an area where they're hesitant to do bonfire parties on the beach where they want their wedding. So that's going to be more mm-hmm. of a, we're going to have to do the villa type thing. Um, so we talk about all those things. And then I have several packages based on their needs. If they have a huge wedding guest list and a larger budget and more complicated things, I'm going to recommend one of the higher tier packages mm-hmm. because it's going to be a lot more work involved. And then if there's like, oh, we just want room block at the hotel and we aren't real picky about the ceremony, then I'll do one of the lower tier packages for them. So um, once they sign up to work with me. Again, I start with the, we do another call after the agreement is signed. We really do a deep dive on the resorts, anything that they've been looking at, anything that I would recommend, we narrow it down to those top three. And then I do those custom quotes I mentioned earlier for the wedding ceremony in the package. And I make my recommendations based on what they anticipate their guests could afford to pay per night, which typically two, 250 a night is gonna get a really nice property for a destination wedding. So I do that. I have a Trello project management timeline. It's like a board that I share with my couples. It's customized for their wedding and they can upload their vision board. They can download the app. Um, they have all the contacts if they don't use the resort alone, all stored in there. And they have a timeline. Like you should have, you should start dress shopping or suit shopping right now. You need to get your welcome gift bag stuff ordered together and like all, like set up your site inspection and all of that. And there's a section for notes for the site inspection in case they tour multiple properties, um, all kinds of stuff, just the whole timelines in
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> and then
1: I help them set up the wedding website. Typically around the save the date time is when we send out the site inspection because we know what country we just aren't really sure which resort yet. So I'll have them send out, save the dates around then. Cause that'll give their guests about a year to plan, get time off and budget for it. And then as soon as they sign the contract, we go with the website, the room block contract, all the information. I have a private Facebook group that I create for everyone. I have emails, slash that I send to everyone on their buddy guest list. Um, and I reach out because every guest is different. I reach out via email, phone, or text and try like at least every two weeks just to try to get them like, Hey, are you coming? Are you RSVPing? Like I kind of, I don't want. I try to deter the guests from texting the bridegroom all the time. Like what suite should I get? Yeah. Where should I fly out of what date should I stay? Can I stay longer? Like all that, that's none of their business. Like that's not a stress you need to have. So (laughs) I make a point to get myself in their face and be like, you work with me and me alone. (laughs) You can still talk to them, but you need to contact me. Um, I help arrange things like scavenger hunts at the property. I can be there in person as sort of a day of coordinator, but I'm usually there to like greet all of the guests at the property. So the bride and groom don't have to, if they've got a lot of meetings last minute with the wedding department or maybe some spa services, or they're just like nervous and don't want to be bothered. I will kind of guide the guests like, Hey, let's go do this. And here's your welcome gift bag. Do you have any questions about the resort? And because, you know, destination weddings, you don't just wait for the bride and groom to show up at the ceremony. Like you could literally barge into their room, and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. So, and there's always one or two that try to do that. So I recommend that if you have say more than like 40 or 50 guests that you know are coming just because that's a lot of people to manage. And yeah. even though you have the resort group coordinator, sometimes the resort coordinators kind of fall aside with the, those sort of things They kind of just manage more of like the rehearsal dinner and the welcome cocktail party and that kind of thing. Whew, that was a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know speaking of that I um I remember specifically for my wedding and I don't mean to say this to freak any brides out but because we we had about 50 people so it wasn't anything crazy but I remember feeling like I constantly had to be talking to somebody or entertaining somebody or I wasn't you know seeing this person enough and I need to figure out what where they were to strike up a conversation or something and like having a lot of anxiety about that and just thinking they're here, you know, part, mostly for our wedding, but also partly because it's a vacation for them. Like, why am I stressing out about getting enough time with them? But I think it's just natural. And, um, yeah, I just wish we would have maybe been a little bit more open to telling them, like, you know, feel free to do whatever you want. And, um, you know, excursions or, you know, things we, we set up an itinerary for our guests. So they knew the event like details. Um, we had like a welcome cocktail hour and then pretty much just our wedding day. That was the only thing that, um, you know, we wanted people to be at and then the rest was open. So it was almost a little bit too open for me because then I was just constantly worried about like, you know, where they were or what they were doing. If they were worried, we weren't talking to them enough and all that stuff. So
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do try to plan something as a group for everyone to do like offsite, <clears throat> some kind of based on what the couple wants, basically, like they're welcome to attend or not. I've had I've had some who some of the guests like the maid of honor and her man didn't go on this excursion because she's just like, I just I'm done. I'm, I'm an introvert. I need to nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it kind of gives the opportunity to for the bride and groom to kind of see everyone again without having to feel like all the pomp and circumstance of the wedding, you know, you're not all dressed up. You're just like, let's go hang out, do this thing together as a group. Yeah. So I do things like that. And I do, if it depends on the timeline during the wedding week. So the bride and groom are usually going to be there about a week. Sometimes guests will arrive earlier than they want and they're afraid that they're going to barge in. So I say, okay, tell them you're really busy. And I'm going to schedule a dinner for you mm. and those guests. So I do things like, so I'll message the concierge at the resort and say, Hey, these people, so many guests, here's the names, here's their room information, whatever. They want a dinner at Portofino at 7 PM on this date. And they're like, okay, got it. Got a reservation. in. so the bride and groom don't have to worry about making the reservation. Yeah, The family is just being told or the friends are just like, you're doing this with us. We don't really have time for anything else, but we want to spend time with you. So that's another thing you could do if you're doing your destination wedding kind of on your own or maybe not a full service
0: planner. Yeah. You
1: could do things like that.
0: We interrupt this episode to bring you to today's sponsor, LoveStream, the easiest way to live stream your wedding. LoveStream is the only full-service wedding live stream company specifically built for weddings. If you're trying to find a way to include guests that won't be able to attend your destination wedding, LoveStream is the perfect way to do so. Not only do they live stream your wedding, but they can also build you a custom website, offer real human support, meet with you virtually to plan details, Test equipment during a tech rehearsal and produce your wedding remotely on your wedding day. They do it all so you don't have to. If you are interested in learning more, head to the link in our show notes to check them out. If you're interested in booking through LoveStream, make sure to use code BREEZY10 for 10% off the package you purchase. And by using my link, I will get a small kickback as well. And thank you to LoveStream for sponsoring. So talking about resort selection how do you navigate? Cause there, I'm sure you get a wide range of couples, you know, right off the bat saying, we have no idea where we want to get married. Um, we have no resorts in mind, et cetera. And then you have other couples who probably are like, we've been looking at this resort and we think it's really nice, but what if you have heard bad things about it? Are you still going to be okay with them getting married there? Are you going to try to direct them to a different resort? Like how does all of that work out? So the resorts that I don't really care for,
1: I start asking about the amenities that they prefer for their guests Mm -hmm. to enjoy. So some of the resorts that I don't care for claim to be all inclusive, but they really aren't considered all inclusive and they aren't really like, they're kind of like lower kind of like spring breaky type places. Mm. So I'll say like, well, do you think your guests would be okay with eating buffet for majority of their stay? Or do you think that they would prefer gourmet a la carte dining? And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, a la carte dining. I'm like, "Okay, well, this one only has one restaurant. You have to pay to dine at that restaurant. Otherwise, it's buffet. And then they're like, that's out. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If it's one I don't think is a good idea, if they're it. But if they're like, yeah, they're fine with buffet. Then I'm like, okay, well. We can continue looking at this, but then you get into the packages and typically the resorts that I don't like to work with don't have the best packages anyway. Mm. So then it's like, well, you don't really get as much as you wanted and it's going to end up costing you more for the wedding ceremony to save a little money on your stay. So I, they, they have the freedom of choice. I can't say absolutely not. Like I biased against certain resorts myself, but everyone's different. So I try to accommodate on their needs.
0: Yeah. And so as far as budget goes, um, if 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 couples have no idea, you know, what resort they want to go with, based on their budget, um, if you wouldn't mind kind of just talking about location wise, if they're you know, on a lower budget, what do you recommend versus like middle of the road locations versus high end? Um, I think a lot of brides struggle with picking even a place to get married and don't realize a lot of it depends on how much they're willing to spend
1: <laughs> yeah so budgets vary from island to island the big three i'll just go over real quick dominican republic mexico and jamaica in that order you will get lowest budget to highest budget for your guest stay the packages at the weddings aren't a huge variant price like um let's say we do secret supply mujeres in Mexico, their package is going to be like thirty-eight ninety-nine, maybe starting price, and then in Jamaica, it's going to be thirty-nine ninety-nine. So it's not a huge price difference right, for the ceremony, okay. but the stay is going to be different. Although, because Cancun is the number one like travel destination in the world, I have seen the prices increase. It's still lower than Jamaica, but it is
0: creeping because of up the there. It's yeah. creeping
1: up a little bit. So. That's kind of how to do it. And then if I've had couples come to me and say, I want a wedding in say Lucia. And I'm like, well, what's your budget? And they're like, oh, we have $5,000. I'm like, no, that's not realistic. Yeah, I would say realistically, at least $10,000 for the wedding ceremony and reception would be a good starting point. And you could even do a small wedding in like the Maldives or Bora Bora at that price. But then you got to factor in, you know, how far away are you? How yeah.
0: long is the flight? <laughs> so, <laughs> that flight'll <will> get you. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> three days of flying. So now you have to stay ten days, and it's like uh,
0: I don't know if I want to. Do that, yeah, so. the pictures are sure tempting though. I mean, I've been scrolling <laughs> on Instagram lately because we're in central Wisconsin in the dead of winter right now, and I'm just <laughs> like, man, that looks nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm starting to plan some. Uh, FAM trips and site inspections coming up this year. So I'll be able to scope out stuff more in depth. And I'm really excited. There's one in May that I'm going to, that is a wedding planning company that works very closely with a lot of, a lot of resorts in Mexico, Mm. but they're actually going to just have us tour. Like here's the new gazebo stuff we have and the new floral options and the new chairs, because you know, that's always changing. And for some reason, it seems like right now is the time where trends are completely flip-flopped. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they've got, like away from just the infinity circle and the square gazebo, like what do they have? <laughs>
0: I'm excited. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I guess, unfortunately, it's just a reoccurring topic, but um, I think we it is important to still talk about just the biggest differences you've seen in destination weddings since covid or the pandemic started i think when it first started everyone was kind of scrambling including the resorts and everything just to figure out mm-hmm. what to do vendors were you know scrambling you hear horror stories of people not getting their deposits back and things like that but now that we're 2 years into it i think everyone's kind of figuring out their own protocols so I guess, what should brides look out for? Warning signs, you know, expectations with navigating all of this, things like that. So that's a really good question. Um,
1: hmm. I would say there are some resorts that would be more difficult to get deposits back. However, most of them have been pretty good about moving the dates i know several resort brands were like it's covid but choose a date as soon as we as soon as we can get people back out here choose mm. a date we'll get you that date which <clears throat> it is kind of scary like i did go to a wedding not i didn't go to a wedding i was in mexico i go to mexico a lot <laughs> too much <laughs> i was in mexico in november 2020 and there was a couple that had to redo their covid wedding that weekend, and they got it done. They, I mean, it's not. I think people are too afraid. I get people calling me saying they need a COVID test just to board an airplane anymore. I'm like, no, that's not mm-hmm. right. Um, if you're entering the country and you're not a U.S. citizen, yes. Or if you're coming from a foreign country, yes. But just to go from like Wisconsin to New York, nope, right. <laughs> don't need that. So it's um, kind of interesting to see what I hear about, like what I hear from other people booking travel in terms of weddings. I haven't had anyone one bit concerned with COVID protocols or cancellations. I won't work with a resort because of the 2020 experience. I don't, I won't work with certain resorts or specific suppliers or wholesalers for weddings because I'm like, "Mm -mm, I know you did me wrong and I'm not taking that risk. So if they mention a particular resort, I will say, you know, I don't recommend this one. If it's on my absolute do not sell list. Yeah. "Mm -mm, I won't even, I'll say I'll, I'll mention the horror stories of 2020. I don't think it's going to go back to that at all. Right. I think people are just ready to live their lives and they aren't going to put their lives on hold anymore. That's what I'm seeing more of. And they're just like, whatever happens happens. I do offer like travel insurance. I do recommend it. However, I can't force it on anyone. It's up to you. Read the credit card terms and conditions. See if your credit card covers anything. COVID is not an unforeseen event. So it is not covered by a lot of different things. So it's not like a force majeure, random war, or flood. Like, we are aware that this is a thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: However, it seems like it's getting less and less deadly. So I'm hoping that we'll just become like a a cold in the next couple of years, you know? Yeah. That's my hope.
0: (laughs) I can't guarantee anything. (laughs) It's hard because I think once it started, you know, people were so... Well, first of all, you know, everyone was like shut down and everything, but people were so scared. And now I think as time has gone on, they're warming up to the idea of, you know, traveling anyway and taking the risk. But um, I think people are still struggling with like even getting their guests to RSVP on time because they just keep going back and forth on if they should go. Is is it worth it? You know, what if we're stuck there? Um But I think it's kind of slowly easing up and that people are getting a little more comfortable with just saying, you know, we can't we can't sit and wait to decide forever. So,
1: yeah, and I I have had some guests back out because at the last minute, like they paid for their room and then three days before they're like, I'm spooked. They didn't have travel. Oh, no. And I was like, and they were rooming with someone else. So I was like, well, the best option is just to be a no-show. Otherwise, you're going to be penalized more than the cost of your room because they had a really good deal on their room. <laughs> I was mm. like, you're going to lose money. So if she can find someone to just replace you and then you can work out a deal, that's fine. But that, that does happen sometimes. And that's another reason why I reach out because fairly regularly, especially now, it used to be. People would just call you and be like, I need to book the room for the wedding. But there are people who have a lot of questions and concerns. They want to know what are the protocols at the resort? um, How does the testing work? Mm -hmm. um, What's going to happen if things change? And honestly, I can't predict the future. So I just put up like the actual country's COVID state health department website on the wedding website. So, they can always see up to date and it's all in their quotes that I send them. And if there is a dramatic change, then obviously I'm going to share it with everyone. But little things like curfews, you don't have to worry about. A lot of people are like, well, I can't go there because there's a curfew. If you are at a resort, it's a private property. So, you don't have to worry about the curfew from like 11 p.m. to 4 a.m., um, it's just for excursions and things like that. So, it's a lot. I just, try to help everyone out yeah <laughs> i have i mean the wedding guests they're all over some of them are like anti everything that's going on and everyone else is very pro yeah and it's really interesting just one group of people dealing with all of this. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and managing it and not just being like well here's my opinion just yeah
0: saying, yes. so <laughs> um well to circle back with having events at the resort versus outside of the resort. So if a couple does, I guess, how common is it for a couple to say we want a wedding, not at an all-inclusive resort at all. And do you do those as well? Like the whole ceremony and reception outside of the resort. It is becoming more common.
1: Um, I have, I do those. Yes. <laughs> so it is becoming yeah more common they typically want to do they end they'll end up doing like a villa and the way the villas do it is they just charge for like two nights worth of stay, Mm -hmm. and then which is like a thousand dollars like their wedding packages at some of the villas are like a thousand dollars just to hold the space um and that's what they'll consider like the two night stay and then you bring in all the other vendors and those are the more higher budget weddings typically, but I have done some that are not crazy high budgets um, that can get away with it because they just need the villa for one day. But I've seen like people doing castle weddings. I don't do a lot of Europe, but I've seen like, we're going to rent this villa for $30,000 for the week. And then it's cheaper to do that than just book a reception venue in like New York city right now. Yeah. Um. So they'll do that and then they'll just have their wedding planners and flowers and everything set up and it's still more cost-effective, but it's not as cost-effective as an all-inclusive resort package, okay, if that makes so
0: sense. So it's still a little bit more
1: for now. It's, yeah, <laughs> it would be, so you could, if you had a wedding of say 40 or 50, let's just say your wedding package without the photographer or videographer, and maybe a few upgrades, it's going to be like 85, maybe $9,000 total. Cause you didn't do a whole lot. If you were to do something at a villa, you're looking at 15, 20,000. So it's still lower than the US, but it's higher than the all inclusive packages.
0: Yeah. And in some areas of the US, especially bigger cities too, that's still so much cheaper than even just booking the venue, you know? So it might seem like a lot to some people, but um, in the long run, you're still, you could still potentially save a lot of money and have like the most beautiful location ever.
1: Well, and yeah,
0: and some of the resorts
1: I like, I do like doing weddings at the resorts because it is more bang for your offer and like perks. So your total might be 8,500, but if you get enough guests to come, then it might end up being $5,000. I have had couples have that and I usually send them some rebates. I'll either put it in their honeymoon fund or I'll just send them a check and be like, Hey, you got a rebate. So that knocks it down even further and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is way cheaper than yeah. <laughs> anything I could have done in the U S and I got so much more out of it. So I try to do that. So they, um, they do get the most bang for their buck. Like that's just what I try to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just nice to have that option too. I um, We went through a travel agent, but I do wish we would have looked into a planner a little bit more because you just don't even know about those perks. You know, you don't even know what to look for, what deals to make you, you know, you're not contracted with any of these people. So you can't get, you don't even, you know, you're not even aware of the things you can potentially have. Yeah. Like it's to me, it's, I'm just being more transparent rather than yeah. just secretly
1: adding $300 to the round trip transfers. I'm just here. Here's what I cost up front.
0: Yeah. You can
1: work with me or not. And it's guarantees Like you've already made that commitment. I've made that commitment. I'm going to do the job for you. I'm not going to flake out. So it just makes sense to me to do it that way.
0: I think it's hard (sighs) to, because prior to destination weddings being so popular, um, people just use travel agents just to book their vacation. And so a fee wasn't um, necessarily warranted. And now because you do so much extra work besides just booking their guests, and it's, you know, like you said, with the extra services and the things that you provide, um, it's not, it's not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> no. And I had, I had one couple, we did a consultation Friday night. They, and I went through the whole thing. I was like, oh yeah, you want to work with me? You know, kind of thing. They said, yes. And I said, well, here's my planning fee for this package. Once you sign the agreement and pay the fee, we can work together. We get started. And it was crickets. And I was like, oh no and i was like uh, are you there <laughs> and they said what it, that's that's the planning fee that's not a deposit and i said no that's the whole fee that's it and i said our friend's wedding planner who wasn't a travel agent too our friend's wedding planner $8000 minimum fee to plan destination weddings and i was like well i'm kind of a hybrid i get commission from the hotels and the package like the wedding package and all that and also, I have this fee up front, so that way I can kind of do both for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't. really get anything from my vendors except maybe referrals, but <laughs> I don't ask for anything from them. But they were just blown away, and then they're yeah. like, "Can we? Can we upgrade? Can we just pay you more now?" I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's. It'll be it'll be interesting to see like twenty twenty five weddings how, how yeah it goes
0: <laughs> yeah it's definitely just ever evolving I think especially because they're at each year it seems like they're getting more and more popular so everyone's kind of trying to navigate changes they need to make or um, you know things like that mm-hmm. all right so I just had a couple of questions here at the end your favorite part about your job. I really love seeing
1: all the decor options in the cow and just like planning everything and being like, Ooh, like I was looking at the menus last night, I think for Hyatt Riviera Cancun. And I was like, okay, well, if they do this salad, that doesn't really pair with anything else. Like I go crazy. with it. (laughs) I do love that part. And I do love the, I really love the text messages from the couples. Like and their guests, when it's like the week of the wedding, and they're mm-hmm. like, This is awesome! <laughs> Thank you so much. Like, yeah, those are my favorite parts of the job. Yeah, um, also, you know, having to travel and inspect everything is kind of fun, but I think those two are my favorite honestly, my favorite parts is having like I have had brides call me up and be like, I don't think you understand how stress-free I have been throughout this Mm. entire thing and, and all these Facebook groups, I'm not seeing that. And I cannot thank you enough for
0: what you've done. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Just trying to give you your time, man. It's stressful (laughs) then.
0: Yeah. And then your biggest advice piece of advice for couples, either planning their wedding or on their wedding day. Um, for planning their wedding, don't expect perfection
1: ever, 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 whether you do one at home or abroad, it's not going to be perfect. You can't make it be perfect. Be okay with that day of don't drink until <laughs> the toasts. don't drink the night before maybe have like a drink, but don't drink. I have seen so many grooms just like wasted on their wedding day clearly that marriage didn't last (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) please don't drink and you and your bridesmaids do not have your hair ties on your wrist
0: Mm, I've heard that
1: before don't have the hair ties I do it all the time I'm like yeah
0: I gotta take it off yeah and then you see the pictures and you're like what was I thinking
1: yeah um yeah for
0: pictures pubes not boobs for the bouquet (laughs) <laughs> ask the
1: efficient beforehand to step aside like let them know like can you step aside we do our kiss mm-hmm. so they get a nice picture without the efficient background ask him to wear something neutral so he doesn't stand out so the photography just looks a little bit better mm-hmm. I'm not a photographer but those are my tips
0: <laughs> yeah I had to have a drink on my wedding day just to take the edge off because I woke up both of my husband and I do not like attention. Like, you know, when you walk into a room, everyone's looking at you. So we both woke up that morning and immediately threw up because we were so anxious. And then I was just like sitting by the pool that morning. And my now brother-in-law, he's like, you need to have a drink. Like you need to chill out. I'm like, so I had one, but I was you know, obviously nothing crazy. I just needed to like chill for a second.
1: Yes. Oh, and don't forget to eat on your wedding day because you mm. will so yeah, have a mimosa while you're getting ready, have breakfast, eat lunch, because most weddings don't start till about three, especially in destination. Yeah. And then you're not going to eat until seven and you're a ball of nerves. So have little snacks, put your maid of honor, best man in charge of that. Like, don't let me get too drunk and make sure I eat I'm your baby,
0: your baby <laughs> for the next three days. <laughs> make sure I don't die. <laughs> do most people find you through social media? Do you have, um, a website people use, like what's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? For someone to get in contact me, uh,
1: TikTok has been the way everyone reaches out to me. (laughs) So if you are on TikTok, you can find me. My handle is at easy destination weddings. Um, but yeah, the bulk of my couples that I've been working with since the end of last year, December, 2021 or so have literally all from come from TikTok. Um, I have a website, it's destination weddings made simple.net. And that's not my travel agents website, like the agency that I own. It's just me, my weddings, all about weddings, because I don't want a couple to go onto like a travel agent website and be like, well, they book all kinds of stuff. How do they know mm-hmm. how to do a wedding? You know? So um, and once I get some of my sub-agents trained, they'll be featured on that website, too.
0: Okay. Hello, everyone. After getting off of the recording with Rachel, we wanted to circle back and add in the best way to get in touch with her. So if you are interested in a consultation or with booking her services, head to the link in the show notes. That link shows Rachel and I that you found her specifically through this podcast. We both hope that this chat was beneficial to all those destination wedding couples out there and want to thank you again for tuning in.